The Boston Athenaeum by Amy Lowell, read for LibriVox.org by Corinne Sampson. The Boston Athenaeum Thou dear and well-loved haunt of happy hours, How often in some distant gallery, Gained by a little painful spiral stair, Far from the halls and corridors where throng The crowds of casual readers have I passed, Long peaceful hours seated on the floor Of some retired nook all lined with books Where reverie and quiet reign supreme. Above, below, on every side, High shelled from careless grasp of transient interest, Stand books we can but dimly see, Their charm much greater that their titles are unread, While on a level with the dusty floor Others are ranged in orderly confusion, and we must stoop in painful posture while we read their names and learn their histories. The little gallery winds round about the middle of a most secluded room, midway between the ceiling and the floor, a type of those high thoughts which, while we read, hover between the earth and furthest heaven as fancy wills, leaving the printed page, for books but give the theme, our hearts the rest, enriching simple words with unguessed harmony and overtones of thoughts we only know. And as we sit long hours quietly, reading at times and at times simply dreaming, the very room itself becomes a friend, the confidant of intimate hopes and fears, a place where are engendered pleasant thoughts and possibilities before unguessed, come to fruition born of sympathy, and as in some gay garden stretched upon a genial southern slope warmed by the sun, the flowers give their fragrance joyously to the caressing touch of the hot noon, so books give up the all of what they mean only in a congenial atmosphere, only when touched by reverent hands and read by those who love and feel as well as think. For books are more than books, they are the life, the very heart and core of ages past, the reason why men lived and worked and died, the essence and quintessence of their lives, and we may know them better and divine, the inner motives whence their actions sprang, far better than the men who only knew their bodily presence, the soul forever hid from those with no ability to see. They wait here quietly for us to come and find them out and know them for our friends. These men who toiled and wrote only for this, to leave behind such modicum of truth as each perceived and each alone could tell, silently waiting that from time to time it may be given them to illuminate dull daily facts with pristine radiance, for some long-waited-for affinity who lingers yet in the deep womb of time. The shifting sun pierces the young green leaves of elm trees, newly coming into bud, and splashes on the floor and on the books, through old high rounded windows dim with age, the noisy city sounds of modern life float softened to us across the old graveyard. The room is filled with a warm mellow light, no garish colours jar on our content, 
the books upon the shelves are old and worn twas no belated effort nor attempt to keep abreast of old as well as new that placed them here tricked in a modern guise easily got and held in light esteem our fathers fathers slowly and carefully gathered them one by one when they were new and a delighted world received their thoughts hungrily while we but love the more because they are so old and grown so dear the backs of tarnished gold the faded boards the slightly yellowing page the strange old type all speak the fashion of another age the thoughts peculiar to the man who wrote arrayed in garb peculiar to the time as though the idiom of a man were caught imprisoned in the idiom of a race a nothing truly yet a link that binds all ages to their own inheritance and stretching backward dim and dimmer still is lost in a remote antiquity grapes do not come of thorns nor figs of thistles and even a great poet's divinest thoughts is coloured by the world he knows and sees the little intimate things of every day the trivial nothings that we think not of these go to make a part of each man's life as much a part as do the larger thoughts he takes account of nay the little things of daily life it is which mould and shape and make him apt for noble deeds and true and as we read some much-loved masterpiece read it as long ago the author read with eyes that brimmed with tears as he saw the message he believed in stamped in type inviolable for the slow coming years we know a certain subtle sympathy we seem to clasp his hand across the past his words become related to the time he is at one with his own glorious creed and all that in his world was dared and done the long still fruitful hours slip away shedding their influences as they pass we know ourselves the richer to have sat upon this dusty floor and dreamed our dreams no other place to us were quite the same no other dreams so potent in their charm for this is ours every twist and turn of every narrow stair is known and loved each nook and cranny is our very own the dear old sleepy place is full of spells for us by right of long inheritance the building simply bodies forth a thought peculiarly inherent to the race and we descendants of that elder time have learnt to love the very form in which the thought has been embodied to our years and here we feel that we are not alone we too are one with our own richest past and here that veiled but ever smouldering fire of race which rarely seen yet never dies springs up afresh and warms us with its heat and must they take away this treasure house to us so full of thoughts and memories to all the world beside a dismal place lacking in all this modern age requires to tempt along the unfamiliar paths and leafy lanes of old-time literatures it takes some time for moss and vines to grow and warmly cover gaunt and chill stone walls of stately buildings from the cold north wind 
the lichen of affection takes as long or longer ere it lovingly enfolds a place which since without it were bereft all stripped and bare shorn of its chiefest grace for what to us were halls and corridors however large and fitting if we part with this which is our birthright if we lose a sentiment profound unsoundable which time's slow ripening alone can make and man's blind foolishness so quickly mar end of poem this recording is in the public domain